Okay, today's scripture is Proverbs 21, 5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to want. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we've made it. Give yourself a pat on the back. We've made it to the end of this sermon series that many of us have probably learned to hate a little bit. Um, it's okay. You aren't going to hurt our feelings. Uh, this series has been one that we maybe is a little bit harder to enjoy because it makes us aware of these changes that need to take place in our lives. Um, we know that we now recognize that technology often promises us a lot while saying it's going to cost us very little, but in reality, it really doesn't provide us very much while costing us a lot more than we may realize. Um, over the past week, three weeks, we've been making our way through this acronym, spelling out the word tech. And so I, before we hit today, I just want to take a moment to review where we've been. Uh, the T in tech stood for take time to be bored. Um, this series has been centered around the idea that technology is not bad in itself. However, we have to learn how to use it in a healthy way um, and how to um, not let it take control of our lives and become an addiction or an unhealthy part of us. And so the take time to be bored uh, encouraged us to learn to, um, instead of defaulting to our phones or our technology to zone out and uh, and avoid boredom of any, of any kind, to instead be intentional with our time and take a moment to experience that boredom so that that could lead us to an awe of the things around us and experiencing God's presence. E stood for engage who you are, who you are with. Um, that especially in our families, um, that we would engage with them rather than sort of being there but being distracted by some type of technology or device. C stood for create rather than consume. Um, and last week, we discussed that we're created in the image of a creative God to be creative, which is a tongue twister in itself. But uh, we best reflect the image of our God when we're being creative, not when we're being consumers. And often with our technology, it is, uh, it's a consumer type thing that we're consuming media and news feeds and all these things instead of being creative and letting God work through that. Um, now, you may have heard our preaching team say over the past few weeks that this, ser this series is one that we, we've kind of hated, right? But what we would hate even more is if we finished the series today and nothing changed. If nothing changed for you and if nothing changed for me. If we got through this, ser this sermon today and we thought, well, that was, that, was a good that was a good series. I wonder what we're going to do next week. If that's all that happened today, that would be a failure. And we would hate that even more. The whole point of, of coming to church and hearing sermons and preaching sermons is not just to give you a bunch of information, but that it would lead to transformation and making us more like Christ. Um, and so our hope is that you and your family would be transformed by what we've talked about over the past few weeks and that we would, we would be closer and more connected um, and that you as an individual would be, would be more aware of God's presence and his blessings uh, that are at work around you. The worst thing that could happen today is if we left and nothing changed. 
And so today's sermon is dedicated to helping us apply what we've learned. And so the H of tech stands for have a plan. Um, I really enjoyed reading this sermon today, even as uh, difficult as it is to like hear these things that I need to put into practice and being reminded of of my struggles. um, To me, it's a very practical sermon, and there's a lot of really good practical things that you can take home today. Uh, but I want you to hear this. I don't want you to see this as a bunch of, as a list of checkboxes or a list of rules that we're going to add to the plate. Um, I want you to hear this as, uh, to remember the why of why we're doing this, that it's not, we're trying to just uh, check a box. We're not trying to uh, control everything our kids are doing, that it really is about us living in the life that God has for us. Um, that's what I loved about this children's sermon is that the plans that we have and God's plans for us isn't to, you know, to be mean or to, you know, just to feel powerful. God has these plans for us so that we can live an abundant life and live the life that God um, wants for us to live. And so I want to go back to read our scripture this morning, Proverbs 21.5. It says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to want. And I think this is a perfect verse for us to wrap up this series as we explore what it means to have a plan. This proverb compares two different approaches to life, the diligent and the hasty. And I want to define those words. So diligent uh, is defined as having or showing care and conscientiousness in one's work or duties. And hasty is defined as done or acting with excessive speed or urgency, hurried, acting with insufficient consideration. So you have the diligent and the hasty, and you see this contrast. And I would make the case that we all want to live our life with diligence. We want to have a care and a a conscientiousness in what we're doing. We want to have a, you know, be uh, diligent in that. But unfortunately, we are often hastily uh, rushing from one day to another. But this proverb warns us that those who are living hastily come only to want In other words, those who are living hasty lives, we're rushing from one thing to another, we're never slowing down, and we're haunted by this sense of dissatisfaction and always wanting more. Um, But if we can learn to live with diligence, and if we can establish a plan that empowers us to slow down and empowers us to approach life with care, then we can find abundance. We can find the abundant life that Christ desires for us. There's a a quote that um, is really beautiful. The author is unknown, but I want you to hear it. It's on the screen. It says, once she stopped rushing through life, she was amazed how much more life she had time for. I think that's a great quote to think about, that once we can stop rushing and rushing and rushing, we can realize how much more time we have, how much more life we have time for. Um, And that's what we're looking for. That's what Proverbs 21.5 is talking about, that if we can learn to slow down and live with diligence, we'll be amazed at the abundance we discover. But the reality is that it takes time to slow down, right? And there's no such thing as making more time. We all have 24 hours. We can't add to it. We can't buy more time. We can't make more time. Um, We have what we have. And the reality is that we can't, Um, give time to diligent living when we're spending every hour of those 24 hours rushing and consuming and accomplishing and doing. And often technology 
consumes the only margin of time that we have within those 24 hours. I want you to think if you'd agree with that, that as you're rushing through your day, that often any kind of margin you have, we go to technology. It's our habit. It's what we do. Um, In fact, I want to remind you what research has told us about technology consumption, that kids are consuming between four to six hours per day. Teens are about seven to 10 hours per day. And adults are roughly four hours per day. And if we're going to learn to live diligently, I believe that it's going to be in the, in the realm of that technology consumption. That if we want to live with abundance, we need to have a plan of diligence when it comes to our tech use. Um, and like we said last week, um, what would you do with an extra four hours <laughs> if we said, here's a 28-hour day. What are you going to do? You going to take a nap? Amen? You're going to, you know, go learn Spanish? I don't know. What, do you, what have you always wanted to do if you had an extra four hours? And that extra four hours is just waiting for us to set the things aside and be diligent. Um, like I said, this plan that we're, that we're talking about today, it can't just be a list of rules because rules aren't winsome. They're not inspirational. <laughs> um, there's another great proverb, 29:18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And so when we're making our plan, we need to keep the why in front of us. That we're not making it to be controlling. We're not making this plan because technology is bad. This plan is going to give us back time that will allow us to be diligent in how we live. It's going to give us time to slow down and enjoy the abundance that God has for us. I want to read a quote from you from Amy Crouch. And now again, she's 19 years old, and she and her father wrote this book together, My Tech Wise life. And, um, and so she's 19, she's out of the house, but this is what she writes. Um, she says, I'm still living in that tech crazy world, but the tech wise practices of my family have become not just rules that mom and dad taught me, but precious anchors that I cling to. <clears throat> the suggestions that we're going to share with you today shouldn't be viewed as new rules to be reinforced, new boxes to check off, but as Amy said, that they would be anchors to cling to. Um, that they would be anchors that aid you to live the life that you and your family want to live despite the distractions and the temptations that the world may throw at you. And so there's two categories of our suggestions today. Uh, there's some for just individuals and then there's some for families. Um, and I encourage you to take some notes. You can't, I'll let you take your phones out if you want to take pictures of the slides. It won't offend me, I promise. Um, but I really think there's some practical things here that, um, that we can take away. They're not easy things, but they are practical. And, um, and so let's go through these together. The first thing is for individuals, and it's to track your screen time. It sounds like a terrible idea, right? Not really. But you'll never know how much time you can redeem if you don't know how much time is being consumed by technology. Um, a lot of phones already come with screen time tracking software. I know my iPhone, every Sunday I get a report that says, you used your phone an average of this many hours per day. And that's convicting. It's already on a Sunday. I'm preparing to preach a sermon about tech, and I just realized I wasted five hours a day uh, this week. Not always wasting, but you know what I mean. Uh, it's, that happens. Um, it's convicting <laughs> once you realize how much time you're really spending Um, There's also all sorts of apps designed to give you insight into how much time you spend on your phone and what you're spending it doing. Um, And even there's a central 
a simple thing you could do is just go to Google and, and search reduce screen time, and a lot of options will come up uh, to give you some ideas of where to start with that. Number two is to do a smartphone cleanse. Um, delete apps you don't truly use or get benefits from. Now, I tried doing this this I tried doing this this week. I've been trying to put this into practice, and um, I realized there's a lot of apps on my phone that I don't use, but they're there cluttering it up, and um, it's just it's kind of interesting to me to see how much cleaner my phone looks, and when I'm looking at it, it's easier to get to what I actually do need to do uh, by deleting these things that I wasn't using anymore. And so I'd encourage you to cleanse it, to take off the apps that you don't use. And in fact, um, if you don't know this, your phone will actually work even if you don't have the social media app on it. It doesn't have to have that Facebook app and Instagram app to work. It works without it. Um, I, I've learned that this week. <laughs> when you delete those apps off of there, man, that opens a whole new... Uh, because I spend so much time on Facebook on my phone, I know for me personally. And when I take that off of there, it's like, well, what, now what do I want my phone for? I don't need it. <laughs> I don't need it anymore. It doesn't have what I want on it. Um, but I know some of you, uh, you may use social media for your job. And so you need to have the app on your phone. And what I would encourage you to do is go into your notification settings and turn off notifications for your social media um, if you can. Uh, and what that does is that your app is still on there, but when you open it, it doesn't have that big red dot that says five notifications tempting you to open it up to see who commented on what and what's new and what's happening in your social media. So there's a couple things you might try uh, with your apps and specific with one's um, social media. Um, Another idea for social media, if you do need to have it on your phone, is to um, move it to the last page of your screen instead of the first page so that when you open it to the home screen, it's not just immediately zoning in on those things that are so tempting uh, to open up right away. Um, this third thing, I haven't quite figured out how to do it yet because uh, I'm, I'm not technologically gifted in a lot of ways, but is to, uh, to set your screen to monochrome. Um, Charlie's been working on this, and so I'm, I'm going to have to have him show me how to do it. But, um, but during hours when you need to be distraction-free, um, instead of having your phone in the normal sense, you can turn it to monochrome where it's black and white. And um, I think you'll be amazed at how less enticing that makes your phone <laughs> um, because we're drawn to color. We're drawn to bright things, and we, uh, when you turn that to black and white, it becomes a lot less... Oh, I've got to look at it right now. Um, phone companies don't want you to do that. And so you do have, I would encourage you, if that's something you want to do, Google, how do I set my phone to monochrome? And I think it'll give you some step-by-steps there. Um, you can also have, I'm sure a teenager could help you with that if you have one or if you need one. I know some. Um, they're, they're really gifted at that too. Um, but I'd encourage you to give that a try and see if that helps make your phone a little bit less uh, of a... Uh, of, of an addiction. Um, number four, a lot of times for no devices. Spend an hour or two each day or week where you don't check your phone or any other device. Um, you might cook, read, write, walk, nap, um, whatever that might be, but whatever you do, do not check your phone during that time because you won't miss much in an hour, but I think your mind will feel very renewed. Um, 
In fact, if you make a plan for this, I would encourage you to even put it in your calendar, maybe set an alarm that says, when you open it and it's your alarm going off, it says, put me away, put the phone away for an hour and then pick it back up uh, after that hour of being intentional. Number five, uh, resist the temptation to check your phone during the first hour of the morning or the last hour at night. This is a hard one for me. I've been trying. I'm not very good at it, but I've been trying. Um, But imagine someone waking you up and immediately giving you bad news or reminding you about a deadline. Um, And often that's what we do with our phones. When we open it, uh, we're just getting right back into that groove of what do I have to do today and what's going on today? And it doesn't give us a moment to even wake up um, to think about the Lord first, to think about um, what does God have for me today? What abundant life, uh, what is out here for today and and God's abundance for me? Um, And the same thing applies in the evening before bed. Uh, Research has shown that screens disrupt our melatonin production. And that leads to um, an impact on our quality of sleep. And then poor sleep can equal poor mood and poor performance and poor productivity. Um, And so trying to turn those phones off that first hour and that last hour, I think, could be a great uh, start to um, finding some balance there and improving your sleep, which who doesn't want better sleep, right? Um, but I'm telling you, it's hard. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, let's see. So then um, we want to remind you this plan is not because tech is bad, but it is a plan to give us, uh, the purpose of it is to give us more time to live diligently. Now, those, those um, suggestions, I think they can work for individuals and families, but I want to take a moment to talk about families specifically and have uh, five things. So the first one is uh, out of sight, out of mind. When it comes to tech, most of us don't have a lot of willpower. I'll, I'll admit to that. <laughs> um, and so if my phone's on my desk or if it's on the table, I'm tempted to check it. I'm tempted to hear it buzz and think, what was that? Um, And so the best way to remove that temptation is to get it out of sight. And so perhaps instead of everyone having uh, their tech within arm's reach, establish a charging station that everyone's phones or devices go on each evening during dinner or during family time. Um, Maybe put a blanket over the TV to communicate that television isn't an option. Um, Because we talk a lot about phones and tablets, but how often is the TV a distraction as well? My son's addicted to Blaze and the Monster Machines right now, and every day we sit down for dinner, and he's like, I want to watch Blaze, and so we've, that's been a a fight in our house, and we're having to create some boundaries with even, with television as well. Uh, Number two, healthy boundaries foster life, and as a youth pastor, I I can't emphasize this enough, that we have to have healthy boundaries, um, especially for our young people. Um, if we can encourage you to do anything is to not give your family boundary-free access to technology. Um, Not to give your kids or your students access to the internet without parental controls of some kind or filters because it's just too dangerous. Um, To even be be careful about allowing tech in your kids' bedrooms, uh, tablets and phones and televisions that have access to YouTube and Netflix and Hulu, without some kind of um, parental control filter or boundaries in there. Because, 
Again, it's remember the why, you know, that you're not setting these boundaries to be controlling or to like keep your kids from having fun, but these boundaries are to foster life, that you're putting these boundaries in place to protect them from the dangers of pornography and negativity, bullying, and that temptation also to just to always be consuming and never resting. And so as you... As a family, as you start to put things like that into place, we really encourage you to communicate to your kids and your students the why as well, not to just have another rule, but really talk about why do you have these boundaries in place. Number three is to commit to enjoying tech together. You know, when we're watching television alone, it's easy to binge for hours uh, without even realizing it. But instead, what if as a family, you decide on a movie or a series that you want to watch and then you commit to only watching it when the entire family can sit down together. Maybe you set a pace of how much you will watch at one time, um, and so rather than watching an entire series in one night, you just say, you know what, on Thursdays we're gonna watch an hour of TV, and then we're just gonna anticipate next Thursday, we can't wait till we get to watch this next episode. So instead of binging and sort of consuming, you have a plan to enjoy it together. You see the difference there? and how that can actually then become a family time of enjoying something instead of letting it just control. The fourth thing is to arrange your home around connection. And I encourage you to ask yourself, what is at the heart of your home? What does your home direct your family's attention towards? Is it consumption or is it connection? Um, Here's a quote from Andy Crouch, uh, who uh, co-wrote this book, My Tech Wise Life. Um, He says, homes need a center, and the best things to put in the center of our homes are engaging things, things that require attention, reward skill, and draw us together the way a hearth or a fireplace once did. Um, So rather than technology, perhaps place things at the center of your home that draw your family together, Uh, maybe a cabinet or a basket full of board games, or set aside a section of the living room for art or drawing or writing, keep a bookshelf Uh, full of books that are going to spark imagination and um, encourage you to go there instead of to your technology. And the last thing is to risk failure together as a family. And this one was really interesting for me as I read it. I had not thought about this, but I want to read one more quote from Andy Crouch. He says, um, what happens to families when the home becomes a leisure zone? One of the most damaging results, as the philosopher Albert uh, Borgman has pointed out, is that children never see their parents acting with wisdom and courage in the world of work. Even if the adult's jobs still require skill and insight, and even if those jobs are quite meaningful and rewarding, that work now takes place far from home. And so what he's pointing out is that before the modern age, um, families strive together on the farm, or whatever that was, they worked together and they strived together and they failed together. Um, And so children be witnesses to their parents' successes and failures. But in today's time, most of the work is done outside the home. And so the children never get to see and learn how to navigate a win or a loss. And so we just want to encourage you to uh, pick an activity together as a family that has the potential for failure. Maybe it's planting a garden or cooking something from scratch or building something together. Um, Whether you succeed or fail, you're going to spend quality time together, and you'll give your family a wonderful example to follow. 
As we wrap up this series, um, I want to invite the worship team back up. And um, what we've d- discussed uh, today and over the past several weeks are really easy to talk about, but they're really challenging to apply. Um, it's going to take diligence. It's going to take intentionality to invest these truths into your daily life, but I promise you it will be worth it. I want to read our scripture one, time, one more time this morning, Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the, the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to want. Um, I just have one next step for you this morning, and it's um, just to take time this week to either sit down as an individual or sit down as a family and make a plan for yourself to take some of these suggestions that we have and find out what works for your family, but to be diligent, to be intentional, and to not just leave today and nothing change. I think God has great plans for us, and he has this abundant life that he desires for us, um, but often we, we, miss, uh, we miss out on it because we simply go to what we're used to. We go back to our habits. And so um, I, I think God is just, he wants you so badly to take this to consideration and to spend some time with him and think, how can I apply this? Um, what does God have for you? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you again for your truth. We thank you for, um, we thank you for the gift of technology and phones and, and what a blessing they can be. But God, we lay them at your feet this morning and we pray that you would um, help us to establish and stand firm in boundaries that we need to have. Father, help us to keep our eyes fixed on you above all. And that our phones and our social media and our TVs, that they would not become, uh, they would not take any place above where our attention needs to be on you and our, uh, Father, I just pray that you would help us this week to uh, remember this truth and to really seek out what abundance you have for us that we may be missing out on. God, would you open our eyes, open our hearts, and help us not to walk out the door and just forget forget what you've said or, or move on to the next thing, but to really take some time to consider and to put it into practice. God, you're so good, and I pray your spirit would move and it would um, help us to have strength and perseverance. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.